What's up guys, this is Cash Cows Poker TV with another fantasy, well, a Thursday night recap and then a preview for week seven. As usual, this is Eric here with your boy Jones. We're going to be bringing you the uh, everything you need to know about fantasy football for this weekend, week seven of 2019. What's up, Jones? Hey, what's going on, man? Uh, glad to be here again. Uh, break down another interesting slate. Hopefully we can win some more money. Um, yeah, or at least try to stay afloat for some of us. Yeah. Um, Alright, week seven. I'm sitting here looking right now at what is quite devastating to the Chiefs. 30-6 uh, to six win. The defense was out of their minds, or, or Joe Flacco was out of his mind, or a mixture of the two. As far as Flacco was horrible, Chiefs defense was actually great. And on top of it, Mahomes done for at least three weeks. Um, means three weeks of hearing excuses from Chiefs fans. Uh, Jones, what's up? Um, more than three weeks for Mahomes, probably? I mean, they say that's pretty optimistic, uh, three weeks. They have a bye week in week 12. Uh, I would anticipate him coming back after the week 12 bye, which would put him about five weeks. Uh, just to give them the extra rest. Uh, their upcoming schedule is a little bit daunting. They do have a couple home games. And if Matt Moore can go, uh, you know, hell, one and three or even two and two through that stretch, I think the Chiefs should be fine overall, still competing for a first-round bye. But uh, I, I think that they will give them the most recovery time as possible, which uh, in that case would be bringing him back after the Week 12 bye. And if they somehow were still on top and doing well at that point, they might even rest him longer just to try to get him to 100%. Uh, for those of you who live and die by Mahomes and you sold out and drafted him in the third round, um, <laughs> well, good luck to you. Uh, having said that, Tyree killed, loses a bit of value. Um, Robinson, Hardman. Mm-hmm. Watkins, when he comes back, all lose a bit of value. Kelsey, eh, we'll see. I think he could just be... I mean, he hasn't had a great year already. Yeah. So, I mean, he could continue having average Travis... Actually, the very bad Travis Kelsey games, but average tight end games, you know, throughout. On the Denver side of the ball, uh, where do I start? Cortland Sutton is good every game. This is another Chiefs defense that, while they're usually horrible against the run... They were quite good Thursday night against the run. But what it pointed out to me was uh, Cortland Sutton continues to beat each cornerback he goes up against. And I, I I don't mean beat like destroy, but this is a second-year guy. And, you know, he's getting somewhere in the ballpark of five to six catches for 70 to 90 yards a game, sometimes a little more, sometimes a little less. But he's yet to have a truly disappointing game this fantasy season. There's a lot of guys out there that I can't say that about. I can't say that about Keenan Allen. I can't say that about Mike Evans. Uh, Amari Cooper, due to his injury and his matchup with Marshawn Lattimore. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of really good receivers out there that I can't say, well, they haven't had a, just a game that made me miserable yet. But Cortland Sutton happens to be one of them right now. He's not having great games. He's just having adequate games every, every weekend and week out. He's giving you somewhere between 11 and 14, it seems like, so. 11 and 15 so um any special takeaways you got from this one i mean not really the broncos offense was pathetic overall just for because joe flacco was holding the ball too long taking sacks the offensive line was terrible but uh, i think this game just I, I wouldn't put any stock into the way the chiefs defense looked only giving up six points um if if you watch the game um then you know that uh, the Chiefs' defense isn't any better. Uh, the Joe Flacco's just terrible. He's total dust. And I will give Nate Burleson on Good Morning Football some credit here with saying that this might be an opportunity where everybody on your defense, everybody on your offense, if you're Kansas City, has, you know, maybe subconsciously had the mentality of, look, I need to make a play, but if I don't, you know, our team lives and dies with the quarterback. And maybe this will obviously put a lot more pressure on everyone on the team to do a better job in their individual roles. Um, 
you know, and maybe learn from this experience while they don't have, you know, Mr. Can Do Everything out there for them. Something to think about as well. I'm not saying their defense has improved at all. I think it was more uh, Broncos' lack of production and, you know, like just kind of falling and making it look like the Chiefs are doing, you know, great plays when really they're, they just weren't executing at all. So, um, without further ado, we don't, we don't bring you guys on here for recaps. Like, that's all good and fine. What we bring you guys here for is previews. And we're just going to dive right into it. First game of the week, the Oakland Raiders at the Green Bay Packers. I'm going to pull it up here. Um, plenty to talk about in this game. Lots of wide receivers missing for Green Bay. Um, Geronimo Allison has been upgraded to questionable. Yeah, I'd say he's trending towards playing because uh, he went toward he went from doubtful to questionable. What about Vol MVS Marquez Valdez Scantling? Any word on him? This is what I, I'll give you. Because Adams is out, right? Yes, Adams is out. Adams is I'll already you, out. I'll give you what I have so far on this situation because it's obviously important. Yeah. Adams ruled out. Valdez Scantling has a chance to play Geronimo Allison upgraded to questionable. So I would expect MVS to play. Uh, I would expect, at this point, I think I would expect uh, uh, Geronimo Allison to play. But uh, definitely something that you want to keep an eye on. Uh, if you're banged up at receiver or uh, looking for a cheap play in DraftKings, who is the Stone Cold Men, Alan Lazard. Mm -hmm. uh, looks really, really good in a pretty good spot. Uh, he'd be better if Allison doesn't play. Uh, he'd be a much better play, but he could, he'd be a fringy type flex or fringy type uh, make your roster in DraftKings if Allison does play. You know, and Allison could also play, and it could help him as far as taking some of the. You know, you don't want to go out there with literally one guy that can catch a football. They're going to know who to look for to catch the football. And it seems like the Packers are thin, thin, thin right now at the pass-catching position. I would have thought last game when they were already thin, oh, here's an opportunity for Jimmy Graham. I'm sweating bullets because Jimmy Graham needs 13 points to beat me in a few games. I think he got two points. Um, did not upgrade his performance to fit the situation at all. On the other side of the ball, I believe Tyrell Williams is... He, out. He's out officially, right? Okay. So, lots of lack of pass catching in this game. Um, yeah, we've said what we can say. Alex Lazard could be could be valuable this weekend. He was just recently picked up in Cash Cow's Poker League uh, by yours truly because my desperation at receivers this weekend called for me to make sure with Debo Samuel out I don't know if I brought in him for Debo Samuel, but I definitely brought him in because at least I know he'll be playing and he'll suit up this weekend. I also have MVS, so these are other things I'm dealing with right now. Yeah, I mean, this is a game that has a 47.5 total uh, as far as DraftKings purposes. I'm really only looking at three guys here. Uh, Alan Lazard, which we've already touched on. Josh Jacobs, who... Uh, we seen last time out uh, against the Bears in London. Pretty solid performance against the Bears. Very unexpected. They had like 30 DraftKings points. Yeah. Uh, as long as the game stays close, obviously, uh, we know that the Packers' run defense isn't very good. Mm -hmm. So They've only stopped Zeke, as we say, say each week. They don't stop anyone besides they stop Zeke. So, I mean, uh, I, I'm ready to lock and load on Josh Jacobs, who's coming in around 15% ownership. So, um I'm comfortable being 25 on that. And as far as other options in this game, uh, Darren Waller also coming in at a pretty nice price tag of 4,700. I expect it to be one of the more chalkier tight ends, but uh, the guy gets receiver volume. And um, at 4,700, I, I don't see too much of a difference uh, f from Kittle and Ingram uh, in their respective matchups for $2,000 less. Um, yeah, Josh Jacobs may be finally getting his has settled into the NFL, if you will, a really nice game against a really tough defense. And and the Raiders, by the way, get that victory, and a lot of it was due to keeping the ball 
keeping the ball safe, just playing good football, good possession football. So let's move on to the next one. A newly acquired Rams, Jalen Ramsey, should go this weekend. Is going. Is going, officially now. That locks him down against Julio Jones. What do we think about this matchup? Let's just get into the whole game. It's Rams at Falcons. I'm sure this is a high-scoring game on the slate, or am I incorrect? Not the high-scoring, but it's a. It's supposed no, it's to produce some point. Scoring. Is it high-scoring? Okay. By a wide margin. I mean, the total's 54. All right, so the total for this one, 54 points. You're looking at, I mean, you would think on the Rams, everyone that can be involved is viable on DraftKings at this point. Uh, Falcons don't stop anyone. Uh, They are the kings of garbage time for a reason. Um, Jones, take it away. Yeah, a lot to unpack from this game as far as uh, season-long and daily goes. Uh, A lot of plays across the board here. Uh, I know Brandon Cooks has been somewhat of a struggle as far as uh, the way his season's turned out so far, but I mean, he's still getting the targets. Uh, him and Goff hasn't been connecting on the deep balls this year. Uh, Jared Goff just been pitiful on the deep ball in general, about 33% on the deep ball this year, which is uh, pretty bad among quarterbacks that we expect to uh, be good. So I do expect expect that to regress back towards the mean, uh, just from where Jared Goff is on a career basis. So uh, I really like Brandon Cooks against this defense that can't stop anyone. Obviously, uh, the other two receivers, Robert Woods and Cooper Cup, uh, are in great spots as well. I think I would prefer like my rankings this week. I think Cup always has to come first, uh, but I actually like Cooks over Woods uh, simply for the big play potential. And uh, obviously, I'm I'm okay with golf in stacks. I will have team and game stacks from this game. And Todd Gurley is the last one I want to bring up on the Rams. But uh, last time we seen Todd Gurley was Thursday uh, Thursday night against the Seahawks uh, a week and a half ago. And to me, he looked impressive. He ran hard. Uh, he was good electric in the passing game. So another good thing to see against a defense that, that can't stop the run nor the pass. And uh, at 6,400 for Todd Gurley on uh, DraftKings, at the end of the day, he's... Uh, he, he's more talented than that price tag against this defense, so uh, I'm comfortable firing up Todd Gurley in and all formats as well. expecting him to go for sure? Yeah. Okay. I want to point out as well that, like, what Goff did last season, a lot of that is predicated on Todd Gurley. Gurley's ability to run. It opens up your play-action pass. It's going to open up crossing routes. So it's going to force defenses to play man as opposed to getting to settle in the zone. So that's a lot of what you're seeing this year. I don't think it'll matter this week because the Falcons just let you do what you want to do. They don't play with any intensity whatsoever. But in the future, you know, we need to see a girly like we seen last year. Obviously, I don't want to see that because I don't have him in fantasy. But for the Rams to click on all cylinders, that's where it starts right there. It starts with a good first down run and then a second and manageable where the defense doesn't know if you're going to run or pass. And those are the keys to Rams football. Or sometimes Gurley just gets you a first down, then you just go and you start the process over from play to play. So, And it, it opens up play action passing on first down when those situations set up as well. So be aware of these things. Um... We've yet to see Gurley, like Jones said, he looks good, but he's never going to see that volume that he's seen last year until you find the Rams in desperation, I think. I think at the point of the season where you say, okay, we have to get some wins if they're struggling, then you'll finally see the volume well, that needs to be they're seen. They're struggling. They're 3-3 three and, I, three and I agree. lost two or three straight. So. Well, they think bringing in Jalen Ramsey is going to be so much greater than Marcus Peters, but the, the honest-to-God problem wasn't really just the pass either. It's the fact that they have all that talent everywhere on the field that they just don't seem to be able to work together as a unit. It wasn't a slight at Marcus Peters. Uh, I I mean, I don't think anyone is going to argue that Jalen Ramsey is better than Marcus Peters. They had to get rid of Marcus Peters to make the Jalen Ramsey trade work. Yeah. So it's not a slight at him by any means. Uh, No, they're two different types of players. One is a shutdown corner. And the other one is a turnover takeaway machine, but will give you the big play as well. He's a, he's a after you catch it, I'm going to do stuff to you type of guy. 
or or you know play, making breaks on the ball. Whereas Ramsey does that well as well, but he's not going to let his guy catch the football. He can take away half the field, and I think that's what they're going to find incredibly valuable there. Um, I got nothing else from that game. Uh, look out for Austin Hooper. Uh, we didn't talk about the Rams at all, or I mean the Falcons at all. Well, I, I feel like the Falcons are are right in play as well. Like I feel like you like you said, this is a high scoring game predicted. Um, temper your expectations for Julio Jones, but I feel like Calvin, Muhammad, Sanu, you can get away with a play here. Uh, Austin Hooper, I think, is becoming a... Well, he's certainly... like. Let me put it this way. He's been on the bench for five weeks for me in a league where I have one of the two elite tight ends, and not this week. No, no, this week we run two tight ends. Him and Kittle are going to ride together. I hope that doesn't bite me in the ass because it it sounds crazy when you say it out loud, but man, I've just I'm considering putting him in in some spots over Melvin Gordon because the kings of garbage time need a need a tight end, and Austin Hooper is that man. All right. Um, yeah, I feel like I feel like the Falcons in general like it's not like I think the Falcons are going to win this game or anything, but they always put up their points. Matt Ryan, you know, Devontae Freeman has been lately getting his in the passing game because they're behind every week. And I don't mind Devontae Freeman again this week either. Um, yeah, because the Rams aren't aren't great at stopping the run either. So, which is so strange to me because it's like you have Aaron Donald and all this ridiculous, like mainly Aaron Donald, but like lots of other ridiculous talent around him as well, and they can't seem to stop the run. All right, let's jump right in. 49ers Redskins. Look, avoid your Redskins on a weekly basis. If you find yourself thinking, you know, even Terry McLaurin this week, he's been getting it done against every team every week he's played. But the bottom line is, I said until you prove me otherwise, I'm going to start standing with these 49ers. So I think this is going to be an absolute beatdown. I think you can load up on your George Kittles. I think you can load up on your Tevin Coleman's and your Matt Breedas. I think it's going to be that type of day. I don't really have Garoppolo interest, as I never have Garoppolo interest, nor should you. But load up on your run game here because it should be, I mean, they're a 10-point favorite on the road, the 49ers are. So it should be a drubbing, and it should be a Tevin Coleman breed of lead drumming with some Kittle gently sprinkled over the top, like a nice zest. Uh, what you got? You got a different opinion on this game or similar? Or? I mean... I, I guess I would be okay with just a couple plays in this game. Kittle and Tevin Coleman, I guess, and maybe some Matt Breida. But overall, I mean, I don't see much from this game in general. I'm obviously not playing anybody from Washington as good as the defense as San Francisco is. So I got nothing from Washington and uh, very little from the Niners. Yeah, uh, 49ers defense for sure in play if you're a uh, draft kinger. And try to go get yourself a crown and a championship. Uh, Texans-Colts. This one looks good. The winner of this one's ahead of the division. They're both going to hope to bring their A games. Should be, be seeing some like absolute good football here. Between two teams that really want to be the leader of their division. Jacoby Brissett having a great year. Um, from a fantasy standpoint and from a football standpoint. He's been more than adequate as a luck replacement. I think they're getting more from him than they expected. And they're asking him to do, I think, more than they expected they were going to ask him to do as well. Uh, Marlon Max looked great throughout the year. Uh, got more bell cow work than you're used to seeing from him in a few of these games. Uh, T.Y. Hilton should, should get to just absolutely go to town this game. Uh, this Texans team, although they did all right against the Chiefs, they still... It's not a good defense. It's not. It's certainly not a good pass defense. And on the other side of the ball, um, obviously the Texans' run game is really never much in play. Carlos Hyde here and there, but I don't think in a game against the Colts, Carlos Hyde will be too valuable. He'd have to fall into the end zone. Um, DeAndre Hopkins and Will Fuller seem like they're still DeAndre Hopkins and Will Fuller. What's the over/under on this game? Any idea? 47 and a half. 47 and a half, so significantly lower than a lot of the other games. It's higher than most of the games. Is it really? Yeah. 
I thought you said the gap was like between 45 and 54. Is it bigger than that? What's the low game then? Like 40 something? 41, 42? 40. That's both Dolphins. Yeah, of course. Um, the, I forget the Dolphins. The Dolphins are, are in play yeah. for 12 points. <laughs> it's incredible. Is there a play team total? Yeah, I mean. I think there's a lot to like in this game. Uh, I, I'm with you. I do like T.Y. Uh, quite a bit. Houston secondary been pretty bad overall. And uh, Joe, Jacoby Brissett been better than most expected. I, I thought I have I was going to have a little bit of interest in Jacoby Brissett and DFS. But I've kind of toned that down a little bit. I've, I've got my eye on somebody else that I think uh, his weapons are just as in good of spots. And uh, uh, there's, there's more options to go to on the team in general. And we'll get to him. But uh, I, I don't have a problem with Jacoby Brissett this week, uh, as well as T.Y. Hilton. I think Marlon Mack is always in play. The Texans are a little bit better against the run than they are the pass, so just be cognizant of that. But a uh, guy that's going to get that much volume for 6K is definitely going to be in play. And uh, on the Texans side, I mean, uh, we pretty much know who to play here. Uh, I, I don't ever get cute and play the tight ends from the Texans. I, I just don't see too much value in it. Yeah. Well, they're... you never know which one is going to work either. Like, is it is it Fells this week or is it Akins? And you're always wrong, no matter what you choose. Same on the other side of the tight ends with the Colts. Like, it, will it be Jack Doyle or will it be Ebron? And you never, you're just going to be wrong most of the time, if it, if either of them. So, go on. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I lost from where I was going. Uh, you'd never get cute and play the tight ends. Um, but yeah, other than that, I mean, we know where we know where the volume in this offense goes, and uh, we also know who gets it. So, I mean, I, I think the plays are pretty straightforward here. Um, I don't have a hard affection for uh, anyone in this game, particularly. They're just all in play. All right, Vikings at Lions. Lions are just like quietly. A pretty good football team they did lose what they deem is a loss to the officials against the Packers most recently um, I like the Vikings players here as far as I don't like Thielen as much as I usually do because he'll probably have slay on him is that correct no digs will probably have slay oh well then in that case I love my Thielen uh, Slay, definitely one of the top corners in the league, as we tell you, on a week-in, week-out basis. Um, well, you've seen it last time with the uh, Packers, the Packers wide receivers. The one that he was on usually wasn't doing well. So, um, Dalvin Cook, going to look to continue his, what is it, still league lead in rushing, or is he in, like, still top five or something? Still top five. Yeah. And on the other side of the ball, Galladay. Uh, Galladay, I assume, is going to be against... Um, I just want to plank. Okay, good. I mean, I, I like uh, I like quite a bit from this game. I don't have a problem with Dalvin Cook. Uh, he's not on, my, not on my priority list. I know that's kind of odd to hear someone say that's touting DFS advice, but this is my reason, because... He's 8K. Okay, I think there's guys in his price range and even lower than him that uh, get the same amount of volume uh, in just as good of matchups, if not better. Detroit is very stingy against the run. They have Snacks Harrison, and they also could possibly be getting Mike Daniels back as well, who is an excellent run stopper. So we just kind of need to pay attention, I think, to uh, the news on that because that could be really huge as far as uh, how effective Dalvin Cook is going to have the potential to be. And uh, I, I do like the receivers here. Uh, Justin Coleman is expected to be on Adam Thielen. Adam Thielen uh, been solid this year. Justin Coleman has also been pretty good. So we should expect a pretty good matchup there in the slot. And then on the other side of the ball, uh, carry on. I, I can't say that I have a lot of interest. Uh, he's pretty popular depending on your ownership projections uh, site that you use. Uh, he looks to be pretty popular. Um, I see him coming around 20, uh, some having me as high as 25% as far as ownership goes, and I just think that's way too high in this type of matchup. Uh, yeah, the the score says it's going to be close, 
But, I mean, I'd much rather have the passing game here against the secondary who has been less than uh, average on the season where the run defense for Minnesota has been much better than uh, the pass defense has. So if I'm going to take advantage of uh, any situation in this game, it's going to be the Detroit uh, passing attack against the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah, I want to point out as well that there are a few top-tier running backs that still do not have a 15-plus yard carry. Carry on Johnson and Le'Veon Bell being being two pretty pretty good running backs that have that do not have a carry over 15 yards yet. So that's something to take into consideration. Obviously, you get your carry on Johnson yards, however you can get them. We catch passes, we occasionally stumble into end zones, but so far this season, overall disappointing with his usage in the passing game. He's just been adequate from a week-to-week basis, and I know a lot of people drafted him thinking he was going to, you know, be bell cow plus bell cow usage in the passing game, and honestly, they just tend to lean more towards Galladay and Marvin Jones and Hawkinson, and he's coming up as a fourth or fifth option, so. Yeah, and I mean, Stafford likes to throw it downfield, so. Yeah, Stafford is not a check-down guy, so while you may be involved in the passing game, you're a security blanket at that point when right. he's desperate. Actually, the tight end is the security blanket. You're like the desperate, oh, man, I can't wind up my arm to get it to the tight end. I'll flick it to you and hope it gets there. Um, I'm with everything you said here. You got anything else you want to let the people know? And I never get into Kyle Rudolph. I don't get in the weeds there. Yeah. I mean, TJ Hawkinson, I guess, uh, if you're going to play Matt Stafford as far as some uh, different stacks that you want exposure to. TJ Hawkinson is playable in that type of format. I don't think I'm going to get there in like a one-off situation, though. All right, jags Bengals Minshew Mania has a nice chance to bounce back this week after it did not do well a week ago. Uh, Bengals are legit competitors for that number one overall pick. There's not a lot of teams I'll say that about. There's about three teams I will say that are legit competitors for that first overall pick. Maybe even just two, and it's the Cincinnati Bengals, the Miami Dolphins, and maybe, just maybe, the Washington Redskins. I could definitely see legit two 0-16 teams and a 1-2 win Redskins team. I mean, it's that bad. Darius Geis is supposed to return soon for the Redskins, possibly, but um, who cares? I guess would be where I'm at with that. Um, that's a worthless team that I just don't even want to want to get into right now as for the Bengals they're not much better as far as from a fantasy standpoint I think you're going to have an upset Jaguars locker room this weekend and that can mean a a couple of things the players can all be mad at management for shipping Jalen Ramsey and they can come out flat and play like absolute warmed over garbage and everyone can be disgruntled and furious with Oh, what's the owner's name, too? That He's got a funny name Jack there. Con. Yeah, Con. They're going to, I mean, or they could come in and be like, look, guys, Ramsey's gone. We need to come out and play inspired football, and they could come out and do that. you know. And we won't really know until game day. That's not something I feel safe in predicting. I think both are an option, but let me tell you how they how they are getting along in the locker room and what's going on behind the scenes and a lot of football teams is just as important as what we see on the field and it translates to what we see on the field so um this could be a sneaky opportunity for the Bengals to actually stay in a football game and keep it close depending on how the Jaguars come out after this Ramsey deal so how many draft picks did the Jaguars get for him Three draft picks total, two first rounds and a fourth. Two firsts and a fourth for that, man. That's garnishing quite a bit of draft capital. Um, You got anything from this game? Yeah, I mean, I think the best play this whole weekend is Leonard Fournette. Um, He's, I mean, I don't care if it's season long or daily. Uh, To me, he's just the best play overall this week. Uh, He's in the best matchup, gets the most volume. Um, if if he fails, then it's just you chalk it up to being unlucky. Uh, but in on DraftKings, he's expected to be about uh, in anywhere from thirty to forty percent, depending on who you're using for ownership projections. And uh, I'm I'm comfortably going to be uh, over that. I'll probably come in around sixty five percent. 
the man averages 28 uh, touches per game. He is averaging about almost seven points in the receiving game alone. Still only has one touchdown. So, uh, yeah, I'm I'm all over that against uh, the, the third worst run defense and uh, the second worst uh, defense to pass catching running backs. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not about my Joe Mixons this week. I'm not even, I don't, I don't know how I feel about Tyler Boyd in general. Again, that Jaguars defense, like, let's see how they come out and if they support what their ownership did or if they come out and you can just tell they could give a shit now about this season. I don't think, I don't think it's going to affect them. You don't, think, you don't think a guy like Ramsey being being dealt for draft picks like has one way or another a reaction uh, effect on them? Not not to the not to the extent that you're thinking that it could. Uh, just for the simple fact, man, like they they all still got jobs. They all still have a job to do. They all still get paid to do that job. So, uh, you know, they're they're fighting for their team and who's ever on their team. I think it's going to be a if you're with us, then we're rolling. If not, then we'll roll over you type of mentality. Well, I want to point out that, you know, while a person that works at Raising Cane's and a person that works at McDonald's is still cooking fast food, you know, you'll see one's a bit happier because management there at Cane's treats them a little better than old McDonald's. And I, I just wonder if we'll see an effect on that in this game. I mean, they, they shouldn't take it personally. Jalen Ramsey wanted to trade. If they should be mad at anyone, it's Jalen Ramsey. Jalen Ramsey is the one who demanded to trade. Ownership didn't well, want to trade. Well, it is a physical sport, too. Maybe that anger, wherever it may be placed at this point. I don't know. To me, it just... I understand, like, the Ramsey such part that you just said where it's like, I know both parties seem to be wanting to be done with it, but it's almost the just seems like the Jags are saying, cool, we're done this season. We'll give it a go next season. The Jags didn't want to trade him. Well, they did, though. They did because it's the smart thing to do. If he doesn't want to be there, then you got to get some sort of draft capital out of him. No need to franchise tag him for two years knowing he'll just walk. All right, we got two more noon games here. This next game, I got a feeling you and I are going to be all over for all purposes. This is one of my favorites of the week. Cardinals at Giants. Um, Daniel Jones versus Kyler Murray. Saquon Barkley, who is back? That's right, you heard it. He is back, I believe. He's ready to go. Against, He's still listed as a game-time decision, both him and Evan Ingram, but they were both full participants all week. So. Yeah, I feel like if you can participate in practice, you can go out and try to win me a fantasy game this weekend. Um, good matchups across the board. Two bad defenses. I mean, and we're talking, when you talk about bad defense, you talk about the Dolphins and the Bengals. And then coming up right behind are the Cardinals and Giants. Like, they're not much further away, so I, I like to... Uh, I like to think this game is going to just be a cool, you guys score first and then march it down the field and we'll score and just go back and forth. Um, should be a lot of fantasy opportunity. Jones, who's your favorites from this one? I got Daniel Jones speaking on Daniel Jones. Yeah. Um, I said earlier in the week that I wasn't going to get to Daniel Jones, and that was just basically based on uh, the players around him that were available. <laughs> I didn't like the stacking options, but with both Saquon and Evan Ingram, which I expect them to play, uh, obviously keep an eye on that because it is a true game-time decision, they say, but I expect them to play, and, and with that being said, I like the options that you have now available to stack with him. Uh, Saquon Barkley, who is averaging around seven targets per game, same with Evan Ingram, and we've seen Golden Tate get involved in the action against a uh, tough New England defense. He, he went out there and legit made a play on them, so... Uh, I, I like where he's at as far as uh, out again. returning to form. But, yeah, Shepard is out again. Mm -hmm. I, I would assume that still means Darius Slayton on the outside, which uh, Darius Slayton also made a couple plays against the Patriots and uh, has made a couple plays this season. So uh, I, I don't think I'll get there in the stacks. I'll probably just keep it to Saquon, Evan Ingram, and Golden Tate. But, uh, yeah, I really like the Giants here. And same on the other side. I mean, I completely love Kyler Murray. He is my second favorite quarterback this week, uh, just based on how I rate quarterbacks and uh, who I expect to have the most exposure to. Um, here's, here's the thing. If Christian Kirk is available, I love stacking him. If he's not available, I mean... We, we just really don't get a whole lot of upside out of Larry Fitzgerald. Yeah, we're going to get 11 to 12 because he's going to get eight targets a game and probably convert five to six of them for around 50 to 60 yards. But uh, 
Uh, for some reason, he's not looking to him in the end zone. It's been pretty much David Johnson, uh, which also I have interest in, a ton of interest in, obviously. And uh, it just doesn't get me too excited. But uh, if Christian Kirk is back, I love Christian Kirk this week against a Giants defense who literally can't stop anyone, man. He will not play unless he is 100% is word out of Cardinals camp. So... Just be aware that if you get Christian Kirk, you're getting a 100% healthy Christian Kirk. So that's the upside to that if he does go. Um, I would avoid these defenses, both of them. <laughs> I just think uh, Kyler Murray is, I think he's, he's they're, they're throwing top five passes in the league as far as pass attempts, even though they have that horrible offensive line. That's something to be aware of as well. Like, they trust this kid to throw the ball and come out and do it. Yeah. Uh, they trust. He's only been sacked once in the last two games. So, maybe yeah. that's a sign that the offensive line And approved. I've watched every game every week this season and kept up with it, and I have only seen him take one hard hit all year long. And it wasn't even a devastating, tough shot or anything. It was just, a, oh, that's a little tougher than you'd like him to get hit. But he's, it wasn't even, it wasn't nothing like Lamar take on a weekly basis. Yeah, I mean, it, you and I talked about this in week one and, and going into the season because we have a buddy who strongly thinks that Kyler Murray won't hold up in the NFL. And, and I mean, the guy just has a knack for yeah. not taking the big hit. Look, look at those little wheels he's got. He's so little, but look at those little feet get to moving, and then he decelerates, slides, and he does all these things before the defense even knows what the hell's going on. Yeah. I mean, um, uh, for, for people who are still uh, – because I, I know uh, there's a couple leagues that, uh, well, I play in and then my wife plays in, and I've seen uh, Kyler Murray on the bench for the last two weeks from those respective teams, and I'm not sure – uh, why those? Why why he's yeah. still on the bench? I, yeah, I don't if know who if you have Kyler Murray on the bench right now, because I do, in one or two leagues, and if you have Kyler Murray on the on the bench, it's because most likely throughout the year you've had Mahomes or Lamar Jackson. If it's any other reason, you made a mistake. Like if you said I'm gonna roll with a, a Lamar Jackson or a Mahomes, I can live with that. But Kyler Murray, like, I'm struggling this weekend to decide whether to play Lamar or Kyler. And in one of the Mahomes leagues, I'm wishing I would have played Kyler. Because Mahomes didn't give me nothing. <laughs> um, yeah, everybody on, on the list. If, if they wear a uniform and they're allowed to catch the football, get them, get them on the field and get them in the game. Uh, Except for the tight end on the Cardinals. Right, right. Um, yeah, of course. Tight end for the Giants, definitely in play, assuming he goes. So. Yeah. Uh, Bills Dolphins at Buffalo. I'm gonna, I'm not gonna lie, guys. I think it does benefit the Dolphins to have Fitzpatrick at the helm. I think the receivers can benefit. The guy throws the ball well. Having said that, they're not gonna benefit this week. Uh, Buffalo is one of the top teams in the power rankings. Buffalo's defense is one of the top, you know, defenses in football. They played the Patriots strong. Uh, Josh Allen, although he can make some better decisions, is doing it with his arm and his legs. I don't think the Dolphins have any chance here. What do you think? Yeah, no, I mean, they don't have much of a chance here. The Bills' defense is too stifling. Um, and and for that reason, I just don't have a lot of fantasy plays in this game in general. I, I do expect it to be somewhere around Vegas. Honestly, though, if, uh, if someone forced me to take against the spread here i i think i would take the dolphins plus the 17 and a half is that um, really what it is yeah i i think i would i think i'd be forced to take the dolphins at plus 17 and a half but because they're all professional athletes again yeah that and and just for the simple fact i mean uh buffalo's offense isn't any it, it, you know it's not a top flight offense so no it's it's not like they can just go down and score every drive but they do have a 28-point uh, implied total as far as their team total goes. So, obviously, there's some things to like from the Buffalo side. Uh, Josh Allen, obviously. Uh, John Brown, I do have a lot of interest in John Brown this week, both in season-long and in uh -huh. Uh -huh. Uh, daily fantasy. And uh, the running backs on DraftKings, they're too expensive for my liking. Uh, I believe Devin Singletary is like 5,600, Frank Gore 5,200. Yeah. Uh, that's that's just too much for my blood just compared to some of the guys priced around him. Sure. I uh, want to point out as well, Ryan, uh, not Ryan, Ryan Fitzpatrick did come in and did... This is a Dolphins team that does not move the football at all. And Fitz, 
Fitzmagic, as we'll call him for fun, did come in and move the football. He almost came back and got him that win against Washington. So I'm with you on the plus 17 and a half because I think he is just a better quarterback than Rosen, certainly at this point in their careers. And he still can go out and make a play and move the chains. And I don't believe in Rosen to be able to make a play to move the chains unless it's handed to him. Um, yeah, I'm on the Bills defense there. I'm on, I actually, I'm not as big on John Brown as I am actually on their tight end, Knox, who seems to be one of the new favorites for, for, uh, Josh Allen as well. So definitely going to be what I think is a Bills beatdown. As far as from a season long standpoint, I'm all about my Singletary, my fantasy darling back ready to go this week. I'm utilizing him in a lot of spots out of necessity and because I need him and I have to have him for a healthy body to be on the on the field, but I'm also happy with him. I think this is a great spot where they should have the lead, and I think he and Frank Gore should get plenty of touches. I think he'll kind of phase Yeldon completely out of it. I don't think it's going to be, it's just going to be a, I think Frank Gore might get some of the short yardage work there and the every down work, but Singletary is definitely going to have a big role in this one. So yeah, I mean, I think Yeldon's <clears throat> Yeldon's like snap percentage high when uh, Singletary played was like fifteen percent. So yeah, yeah, he pretty much phased him. And this yeah. is going to be a more experienced, a bounce back, a fully healed up, you know, with the bye weeks and such. Singletary. So I look forward to that. Uh, anything else from that one? Uh, no. All right. We got three afternoon games. Chargers at Titans. I tell you what. I hate to not be high on Melvin Gordon because I went out of my way in so many leagues to stash Melvin Gordon this year knowing he I would lose him for at least four to five, maybe even six weeks. And I tell you what, he has come back and just hasn't been able to get it going. The game script has been so against him these last two games. Like... It's comforting to me that he still gets me the points he got the last two weeks. But, and Eckler has most of the way been phased out. Like last week, Eckler wasn't involved at all. But at some point, they have to, you know, play well on defense. It seems weird with all the talent the Chargers have on defense to be saying that they're so bad on defense that they can't stop anyone. And it's completely taken Melvin Gordon out of the games. Uh, Take it over. Yeah, um, no, I'm with you, man. Like, I want to be excited to play Melvin Gordon. And, uh, you know, I expected this to be I, – I haven't seen Melvin Gordon at under 6K in two years, man. So uh, I, I want to I want to play him a lot, but he gives me no reason to play him. Uh, you know, Tennessee defense, pretty tough. Uh, this game is at home for the Titans. So They're Completely fading Eckler at this point. Yeah, I mean, he's 6,200 on DraftKings, 6,300, something yeah. like that. I, I can't stand to pay more for him if I was going to pay yeah. for a Chargers running back. And in season long, I'm not. I've I've moved past him now, and it's Melvin Gordon or no one from this offense as far as from the running back position. So. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I want to play Melvin Gordon in daily, but I, I can't pull myself to do it in this matchup. Uh, I think Keenan Allen is probably the strongest play this week just from the uh, standpoint the Titans do like to play some zone and uh, Keenan Allen is a zone beater so hopefully uh, you know this is a week where he can bounce back and uh, get back on the right track after disappointing a lot of people in season long and in daily fantasy sports for the last two weeks yeah it seems also that um, Hunter Henry has taken some of his touches since he's come back like last week he had really good garbage time moments so be aware that Hunter Henry you know, obviously the few times we've seen him play throughout his career, it's very, it's very small. Yeah, but it, and he's been a favorite of Philip Rivers when he's on the field. Uh-huh. So just be aware that some of your Keenan Allen. To, now, granted, we're only gonna have to deal with that another few weeks. He'll hurt himself again, no doubt. He does it on a week. He does it on a like a weekend, <laughs> week out basis. You never know if Hunter Henry's gonna play, and he seems to be one of the most fragile tight ends, right there next to Jordan Reed. As far as they're just made of glass and you don't want to breathe on them or bump them too hard. Um, I don't have much else from this one. I don't love the Titans. Yeah, I mean, I'll just I'll just bring up a deep, deep sleeper uh, in daily purposes. Uh, you may have to go there in season long depending on injuries, buys, things like that. But 
I mean, I do like A.J. Brown this week. Uh, this is a game that Tennessee can very easily fall behind. And in that case, uh, I expect A.J. Brown to play a lot of snaps, a lot of uh, run a lot of routes. So uh, to me, he's the most dangerous thing from that offense and uh, a favorite target when he's actually like running routes and stuff. He doesn't run a ton of routes, but uh, when he is running, he's getting targeted on like 30 percent. So well, they do like him. Ryan Tannehill is the quarterback now. And what I think about it is that. It may give like a rejuvenated boost to Corey Davis. I don't know about AJ Brown and what, but I think that like Corey Davis is still like what lining up as the number one receiver there. He's been horrible, of course. He's not even been fantasy relevant or playable. But a quarterback change can always change the formula of how your team operates, even out of the same playbook. So while I don't think it's going to be relevant at all, be aware that it could be. It could hurt Delaney Walker. It could help Delaney Walker. It could hurt. The two receivers, well, actually, I don't think it could hurt the two receivers because they couldn't get much worse than they were. But it could help the two receivers. It could give them a boost to where they're at least, you know, a flex candidate. Not, I'm saying not even necessarily this week. I'm saying just in general, quarterback changes bring upon changes overall. So be checking that out. Be aware of it. Um, I've got nothing else from that game. Derrick Henry seems to always be in play. The Chargers don't seem to stop anyone on the run. So Derrick Henry, hooray. Yeah, uh, uh, I have some interest in Derrick Henry and, and Daly as well. Uh, Price is pretty favorable for the matchup. Yep, I agree. Uh, Ravens at Seahawks. This is going to be a game Earl Thomas wants to prove himself, I'm sure. The Ravens just got Marcus Peters, who was dealt to them from the Rams so that they could get Jalen Ramsey. So you've got a newly acquired Marcus Peters. You've got a Seahawks team that looks like not only one of the top teams in the NFC, but one of the top rushing teams in the NFL as well. Uh, I look for Chris Carson to run all over the Ravens here. Uh, the Ravens haven't been great against the run or or bad against it. They, they've just been middle of the road, but I think that Chris Carson's going to continue to do what he does. And if you if you were able to stop Chris Carson, you might not like what you get out of forcing Russell Wilson to get you because he'll he might throw four touchdowns on you as well. So what do you think about this game? Yeah, I mean I think it should be a really really good football game. Like uh, as far as just from a football standpoint, I, I think the the fantasy production could be there as well. But it wouldn't surprise me if this game is kind of a slog. Um, I'm I'm pulling up the over under on it right now. Uh, I believe it's 47 last time I checked, but give me just a moment. It is... It's 49 now. Okay. Um, so Vegas thinks that uh, there's going to be some points. And the number has obviously been bet up. So uh, the public thinks there's going to be points here as well. I mean, at this number, I'll start out with the betting side. With this number, I personally uh, would take the under on this number. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me at all if we see this game 22-19. Uh, both defenses, neither one of them are very good, and neither one of them are very good against the strength of the opposing offense. So, uh, like you had brought up, you know, the Ravens aren't god-awful against the run, and but they're not stellar against the run either. They come in around 15th in the league, or 15th worst in the league, so just on the bottom half of the league, yeah. and Seattle is right there with them, uh, you know, like three places ahead of them. So, Seattle is middle of the road on both and tend to just, like, take away the football is how they get any of their points on defense because I've had them all year long on my teams. And then, I mean, on the, uh, on the flip side of that, uh, the two rushing offenses are uh, two of the best in the league. Okay, Baltimore is the best rushing offense in the league, and Seattle is top half of the rushing. So I, I personally don't expect a lot of passing from this game. Uh, I think Russell Wilson's targets got a little bit, uh, well, his his uh, players around him, I should say, got a little bit hurt by the Marcus Peters addition. Uh, I think Marcus Peters is a prime candidate to guard someone like DK Metcalf who only runs deep routes and Marcus Peters is a big time big play cornerback uh, so uh, in in one-on-one -on -one situations I mean I wouldn't mind Marcus Peters in that matchup so uh, this offense scares me a little bit more than it should uh, based on the numbers but I mean I just don't see this game having 50 points in it like uh, the public in Vegas does. All right, I'm uh, with you on there. I think Lamar is going to have – I think Lamar is in a beneficial spot here because 
the Ravens had been getting out to these leads a lot of their wins where by the mid third quarter like he just needs to turn around and hand it off and they're done like attacking you know they've got their 21 to 6 lead and they're just kind of chilling on it so I'd like to see a closer more competitive game here maybe even a game where Lamar is losing and that would set up I think him having a big fantasy day I think this is a game where he's capable of it I think he's capable I think he's one of those guys that's capable week in and week out of making plays and making stuff happen so um I don't have much else for this game uh, I'd like to I'd like to think that I could take my random shots with DK Metcalf here and there where I have to I don't love it but you know, it is what it is. Yeah, I mean, I got nothing else from this game. I don't like the running backs. Uh, obviously, Mark Andrews is in play. And for those of you in season long, uh, Marquise Brown didn't practice at all this week. But uh, John Harbaugh on Friday said that doesn't mean he can't play. So typically means that you can't play if you don't practice but uh i guess monitor that i wouldn't have any interest no uh just from the standpoint he didn't practice all week yeah, so he, he can't be 100 he couldn't yeah like if you couldn't physically get yourself at least a limited practice capacity yeah. like i don't trust you to go out and play in the game for me yeah um saints bears the last afternoon game saints at bears bears coming off of a devastating loss to the raiders uh, what do you like in this one? <laughs> not much. Uh, not much at all. Uh, we've seen Alvin Kamara. Well, I, I hopefully seen or hope most everyone have seen that Alvin Kamara has been ruled out. Uh -huh. Same with Jared Cook. Uh, this game is an embarrassing total. Uh, take yeah. a stab at the over-under on this game. Oh, I'm just going to say 42. 43. 37 and a half. Wow. It's lower than the Dolphins game? Yeah. 37 and a half guys so uh with alvin kamara out i i would think that you want to go to latavius murray in uh season long formats obviously you shouldn't be playing him in or not in season long but in daily you shouldn't be playing him in season long it's way too tough of a matchup this could easily be a three burger for latavius murray oh but let me assure you if you're just depleted as i am and you're missing kamara this week you had to pick him up in a few of your leagues at least consider playing him next to a Oh, the other guys you'd consider playing him next to basically second-tier running backs like Jamal Williams, you know, so. But, Not second-tier, but second second fiddle running backs, I should say. I, I mean, yeah, I'm with you on, I mean, I like the, what do I like from the Saints? I don't know, Michael Thomas, maybe. But not really, because, like, who else are the Bears supposed to guard? You don't think they can take Michael Thomas out of the mix? On the other side of the things, the Bear, the Saints' defense isn't great, but, man, the Bears are horrible. Allen Robinson should draw Marshawn Lattimore. He's the only guy on your team that was relevant in the first place on the passing game. Cameron Jordan, uh, one of the best Russians in football. Yeah, on top of it, like, obviously you guys are going to have desperation plays out there where you have to throw Cohen in something or throw Montgomery in something, but it's going to be ugly and you're not going to like it this week, any of it. Yeah, I mean, the Saints' defense is really good. Uh, we've seen them hold a team uh, of the Dallas Cowboys to 10 points. And uh, we've seen them just hold someone to uh, six points as well. So, and it was uh, uh, the Jaguars. Yeah. So, I mean, they they have the capability of, of stifling a bad offense uh, like we've seen in Jacksonville. And I think it is encouraging from the defense to stop a team like the Cowboys for only scoring one offensive touchdown. I think that's yeah. impressive as well. It so. shows the Saints may not show up every week, but when they're really needed and it's on the line, they seem to be there. So, Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I have literally nothing this game. Yeah, I, I don't have any want to or anything in it as well. Um, Sunday night game of the week, Cowboys-Eagles in Dallas. Um, Amari Cooper's out. What this does to the Dallas Cowboys is makes us more one-dimensional. It makes Gallup go against what would normally be the best corner, but being that they're up against Philly, there's no such thing as the best corner. So I, th I still think Gallup is in play here for my Cowboys. Um, I'm scared for him. I think that we're going sub 500 this week. I don't think we're going to get the job done against the Eagles without Amari Cooper. 
I think we needed to be dominant in the passing game, and I don't think we can be dominant without Amari Cooper. What do you think? Uh, I think that they're just going to have to get Zeke that much more involved and uh, yeah. get him that much more involved in the passing game. Uh, uh, we need to see more designed passes, not checkdowns, designed passes yeah. for Zeke. Uh, to get him out in space with blockers. Uh, that's going to be the way that they beat this team. I don't think that this is going to be a week that you can uh, turn around and hand it to him 25 times and him get 125 yards. Uh, this is a really good Philly run defense. The way you beat Philly is through the air. So uh, I, I would expect them. Uh, surely the daily fantasy community isn't the only ones to know that you beat the secondary through the air. Or, I mean, you beat uh, this this defense through the air. So hopefully we see... Uh, Kellen Moore gets some designed passing plays for uh, Zeke so we can get him in space in favorable matchups. But uh, I'm with you. I, I like the passing attack from the Cowboys. Uh, the tackles, I believe, continue to be out for the Cowboys, the two uh, left and right tackles. But I'm not sure on that. Keep an eye on that. If they do play, I like them even more. If they don't play, then uh, that obviously gives me a little bit of pause since we've seen what's happened to them the last couple weeks when they've missed. So, Oh, well, yeah, I'm miserable about this game. I, I just, you know what, the Eagles are a more well-rounded football team. We may have the elite running back in the matchup, but the Eagles, at least in this game right now, have the better pass catchers. While their secondary is horrible and ours is supposed to be good, ours didn't play good and we just gave up massive passing yards to the Jets, man. Like... Yeah. I, I refuse to trust our Cowboys defense until further notice. Yeah. Um, um, at, sadly, as a Cowboys fan, if I had to probably put my hard-earned cash on it, I think I'd take the Eagles just out of, you know, money line type deal. But, um, yeah, I don't like it. I, I think that the matchup, especially with the injuries to the Cowboys right now, it doesn't play well for us whatsoever and frankly I have nothing more to say on the subject yeah I mean pretty get pretty big game just from a football perspective so yeah. uh, I'm, I'm pretty excited to watch it leader leads the NFC um, East and the loser is a pile of trash mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so congrats Eagles um, Patriots at Jets Monday Night Football we just talked about the Jets coming off of like look we can talk the, about this one Monday Oh, we usually do our recaps Tuesday now, don't we? Well, regardless, we'll just give them a little taste here. Look, the Jets are coming off of a huge win against the Cowboys. It would literally be franchise-changing. It would change their entire fan base if they rolled the Patriots after they beat the Cowboys. And as far as teams on paper that have the ability to do it, like, look, the Jets have a firm defense, and they threw the ball well against the Cowboys, who play horrible in the secondary, apparently, regardless of talent level. Do I think that they're going to beat the Patriots? No, of course not. But I'd like to see them show up and be competitive. They seem like a better, more legitimate football team with Sam Darnold in there than a third stringer. So I, I, I want to at least say they have a, an outside chance because we would have said a week ago they had no chance of beating the Cowboys either, and then they trounced them. So. Yeah, I mean, I'd like to see a competitive game here. Um, I, I can't, I can't uh, picture a way that it is competitive. Uh, the only way that I could see it be competitive is uh, the Patriots turning the ball over, and that's just not typically something that the Patriots do. Uh, if I think that they have a potential of getting C.J. Mosley back, and if that's the case, then that's obviously a huge boost to everyone around. Uh, adding another playmaker like that obviously is going to solidify the running defense, but uh, just gives another quarterback on the field. Uh, he's very important to that defense, as is Jamal Adams. So. If, if he returns, then it could be a bit of a boost, but uh, I still haven't heard one way or the other, and with him out, they've been uh, they've been suspect on defense, which was supposed to be one of their strengths coming in. So They could be, with both of them back in, this could very well be your lowest scoring game of the week. I believe that this is the type of team that can keep the Patriots down. We've seen since A.B. left the Patriots, against the better teams the Patriots have not scored as much they've been dominant defensively of course and they've scored on defense but they haven't scored as much on offense against you know above average teams let's say on defense so I'm I'm interested to see this one as well maybe the Jets shock the world and make my day as well because I do hate me some Tom Brady so yeah but what's it matter it's if he loses in nah you know 
late September. Look, Don't you man, want him to lose in January? The man has everything. I want him to lose now, and then I want him to lose again later. I, there's never too many losses for the Patriots and Tom Brady. You can't have too many losses for them. Stack them up. I'll call it Christmas for years. Um, yeah, that's the pre- that's the uh, week seven preview, guys, all the way through Monday. Jones, you got anything to add to the, any of these? Uh, no. Uh, be on the lookout tomorrow. We will be on uh, Twitch live. We're going to do our uh, DraftKings salary draft as we've done uh, the two weeks prior to last week. We did miss last week. I had a snafu when uh, putting in my lineup, so we weren't able to do last week. But we'll get on, give you some uh, final thoughts. But we're not on there long, but uh, it'll be right before kickoff, I'm sure, not too, not too far uh, from kickoff, probably around 10, 30, 11 o'clock, so uh, yep. we'll get it in and have a little bit of fun with the uh, with the live salary draft. Yeah, and be sure to hit that subscribe, that notification, share this with your fantasy football buddies. Uh, we do it because uh, we enjoy the shit out of it. We don't have another reason, so peace out. We'll catch up with y'all in a few days and give you that weekend recap. Later.